This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. And good afternoon. Welcome on this Football Friday. And this truly is for a second straight Friday. A football Friday because for a second straight weekend, the Buffs are home and the Broncos are home. And as we have suggested all week, and there can be no doubt on this football Friday, and it is a rare football Friday indeed because I can't remember having done many football Fridays over the years. I'm Sandy Clef, by the way. Sean Rotar will join us shortly. This is Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM. 107.5 HD3. Our caller text line remains 303-831-1340. We're streaming on milehighsports.com slash listen. You can also watch us, milehighsports.com slash watch. And, of course, we're available on the free Mile High Sports app. Our producer is the great Danny Bailey. We'll be hearing a lot from Deion Sanders, Shadur Sanders, and Travis Hunter during this first hour, and as I was uh, saying a moment ago, this is indeed a rare football Friday. But the notion that the Broncos have been usurped by the Colorado Buffaloes began for me last December 9th when the Broncos were in Baltimore playing an early game against the Ravens. And it had been announced that CU was going to name and officially introduce Deion Sanders as their new head football coach early in the afternoon, some two hours, maybe two and a half hours after the Bronco game had begun, right in the middle of a Bronco game, a Bronco game in December. And the story was going to be playing out the big story, playing out in Boulder. And I remember joking on the air at the time that the Broncos, before they took the field in Baltimore, heard that Deion Sanders was coming to Colorado. Thus inspired, they went out and over more than three and a half quarters played a scintillating defensive game, albeit mostly against a backup quarterback, and led nine to three. But all of a sudden, with five minutes remaining, word came to the sidelines in Baltimore that, in fact, Deion Sanders yes, was coming to Colorado, but not to coach the Broncos. Players were all fired up. They thought Deion Sanders was coming to replace Nathaniel Hackett. But with five minutes to go, they got clarification that Deion Sanders, yes, was coming to Colorado, but not to coach the Broncos, instead to coach the University of Colorado. And thus, uninspired, the Broncos gave up a length of the field drive and lost the game 10-9. to But even before the game was complete, the Deion Sanders introductory press conference began up in Boulder. And the station for which I was working at the time immediately shifted away from 
post-game Bronco coverage to the press conference of which I was emceeing for that particular radio station. And I carried the whole press conference. And we spent the first full hour of what was to have been a full 90-minute Broncos postgame show talking nothing about the Broncos except to identify that they had lost again. Beyond that, it was an hour devoted entirely to Colorado, entirely to the hiring of Deion Sanders, and from that point forward, I declared that the Broncos, no matter what they did, in the ensuing weeks firing Hackett, even before the season ended, no matter what the Broncos did, no matter if they brought back somehow and resuscitated Vince Lombardi, the big story in Colorado football would not be the Broncos. It wouldn't be the Broncos in December, and it wouldn't be at any time during calendar year 2023. Whether Deion Sanders won three games or lost three games, and anywhere in between, he would be the story. The Buffs would be a bigger story than the Broncos. I said that, what, almost 10 months ago now. And it is proven to be the case because last weekend, Nebraska at Colorado, the home opener for the Buffs, was a much bigger attraction national television with all the trappings. Nebraska at Colorado was a much, much bigger game around here than the Raiders and Broncos opening the season at Empower Field at Mile High. No question about it. And no one would seriously or last week did seriously dispute that notion. And I would suggest that this week, once again, CSU at CU is a bigger story, a much bigger deal than the Washington Commanders taking on the Broncos. And I have never been able to say that, and I've been this market for four and a half decades. And I've never, ever, ever been able to say, even during CU's glory years, late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, 2001, when CU made a late-season charge up into the top five in the national ranking. I've never been able to say over an extended period of time, certainly not over a 10-month period, that CU right throughout has been a bigger story than the Broncos. And it is true once again this weekend. And our thanks go out to CSU head coach Jay Norvell for adding some spice to what was 
to have been, yes, a spectacle, because anything Deion Sanders is connected to is a spectacle. And, of course, we know that uh, uh, the noontime kickoff pregame from Fox will be here in Boulder again for a second straight week, even though ESPN is telecasting the game, and ESPN's game day will also be here tomorrow. But Jay Norvell made it possible for ESPN to bring virtually all of their talk programs to Boulder today. They're all here. McAfee's here. Stephen A's here. Shannon Sharp's here. Now, Stephen A and Shannon Sharp attended the game last week, but they didn't bring their show here. This week for CSU, they're all here. And Jay Norvell knocking Deion Sanders, as he did on his own radio show up in Fort Collins on Wednesday night, has given this game a little bit of dimension, I suppose, that it didn't otherwise have. I don't think it will change the outcome of the game. I don't even think it'll necessarily change, at least not all that much, the trajectory of the game as it's likely to unfold. See who's going to win big. And instead of winning by 30 to 40, maybe they'll win by 40 to 50 uh, because the players are fired up. And even if Deion Sanders substitutes, the backups will be fired up and CSU isn't very good and all of that. But as Sean Rotar joins us, this is for a second straight week of football Friday on which we're leading with Colorado and not the Broncos. Colorado is, because of their national programming and the the fact that first three games, this will be the third, by the way, the fourth, Oregon will also be on national television. First four games of the year. But they are, as it stands today, the most watched team in the country thus far this year. Oh, no doubt. And the most intriguing team playing football, either collegiately or professionally. You brought up ESPN having their entire array of programming here today. Uh, the Rock was in Boulder. I mean, you know, just top to bottom. Yeah, I, everybody's missed, I missed him. There. Yes, I'm aware and he was here, too. Not only is the Fox Broad uh, program Rob still Gronkowski there. Rob Gronkowski will be here. Right. This is only the seventh time in history, or will be tomorrow, that both ESPN and Fox have had their signature pregame shows in the same town for the same game. So the seventh time that's ever happened. You can imagine the other times have been for pretty big games. Not a three-point favorite September game between in-state rivals generally. Probably three-touchdown favorite. Yeah, they did. Three touchdown three favorite. That was last week. Three-touchdown-plus <laughs> favorite. And, uh, that was last it's, week. It's a, it'll be the seventh time that happens. Moreover that, Sandy, 60 Minutes is going to be uh, in I, Boulder. unbelievable. 60 Minutes is going to be doing a finishing off a feature on right, Sanders that right. will run. That, that was already on, going to run. Yeah, but they'll be getting, of course, footage from this game and talking about right. it this week. It's just really, truly been remarkable to see this. And, yeah, in Norvell's case, just kind of stepped in it in, a, in an unnecessary fashion. Yeah. And and the, hey, yeah, the re- I, reports I that I've gotten I from get it, folks around that we, program. We thank him. And then you may have been on it because apparently he had kind of dropped this line at a 
a booster event earlier in the week. Mm. You know, which is well, so, so we had dropped the line prior to going on the radio Wednesday night. Yeah, from folks who were at the booster event that that had been kind of something he'd said before. Yeah. Because presumably, what you pointed out, perhaps being frustrated as being treated as if they were just roadkill all yes. week long. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, just kind of let it yeah. slip out. Yeah. And in retrospect, I would be willing to bet, probably realized, oh, what did I just do? Because if the idea was to make the game bigger, you didn't have to do that because ESPN was going to do that for you. They're broadcasting it. But it isn't big because of CSU. And deep down, I think this is true with all of us. If we feel not only that we're being slighted, but we're being ignored entirely, we're props for the main show. We're just the Washington Generals for the Harlem Globetrotters, right? In all of us is an instinct to lash out. Why he would lash out at Deion Sanders in particular, a fellow black coach, is puzzling to me. I'll be uh, and puzzling to Deion Sanders, who in who one brought very in vulnerable week. moment brought up today again on national television on a variety of platforms. And he didn't use the word hurt. But if you saw it, and we will hear it in a few minutes, but if you saw it, I saw something I rarely see from Deion Sanders, some vulnerability. I couldn't understand this. This is a fellow black coach. He knows me. He knows how I roll. Why would he say something like that? I have never heard before an expression of, of having been wounded from Deion Sanders, but there was that sort of expression. And, you know, last week when he started talking about how in Nebraska it was personal and, you know, it's something that uh, a a stooge coach uh, had said about him, Matt Rule, many, many months ago when Dion first came out here and Matt rule, who was also a new coach and maybe like Jay Norvell thought he should have been getting some attention too. And he said, well, I don't need cameras. I don't need all those cameras. I don't want all those cameras around me. Well, yeah, actually he would like more of those cameras. Might not have wanted uh, them last week. But you know, anyway, that he said that when he was feeling cocky and when he thought, probably that he had a better football team than Deion Sanders would be putting together uh, in Boulder. But that was many months ago. This is strange because 48 hours before he went on the radio Wednesday night, 48 hours earlier, Jay Norvell had been showering Deion Sanders with the very kind of praise that only a black coach could offer to another black coach. And in fact, that was mentioned specifically by Jay Norvell. But then to go back on that, or as Dion said today, make a left turn for no apparent reason. Dion had the same question we did yesterday. What happened between Monday night and Wednesday night? On Tuesday. To turn Jay Norvell into Matt Rule. On Tuesday, Sandy, here's what Dion Sanders said after getting the praise from Jay Norvell. Uh, about the way the program was coming along, about the fact that it was a, a rare meeting between two blackhead coaches in FBS football. And here was Sanders' quote. I haven't met this gentleman, but I hear he's a good, good man. 
I know he's a great coach. He has those guys playing hard, and I'm glad that he said that. Unfortunately, one of the brothers has to lose when you face another black coach. But it's just tremendous to get this opportunity and allowing the nation to see that we're more than capable of doing a great job. I'm happy he pointed that out. There wasn't any bad blood there. In, in fact, that there was this. That's the kind of quote you, you've heard Deion Sanders when he feels insulted. You, you've heard that before the TCU game. You've heard that before in the Nebraska game. This is a, I, I don't have any beef with this team, this program, this this coach. I have no problem with it. He talked about that himself when Sanders was asked earlier in the week. And Sanders specifically said, uh, in, a, in a only half-joking fashion, you have to let him catch up a little bit. He just learned about the Nebraska rivalry. He's not up to speed on the Rocky Mountain Showdown. So this wasn't a game. The, the Buffs were not entirely looking ahead to Oregon. But I think they understood they're in a different place, and they probably did not need to go full throttle this whole game to yes, get the win. I think that was exactly the feeling. And, and there was no intrinsic motivation. There's no, neither the value or the motivation. There's no so. danger of their losing the game whatsoever. No, there really is No isn't. real built-in... There's no animal, sort of no. Uh, uh, mandate to go out and, 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 and blow them away. Yeah, you don't have kick to. Kick their doors down. No. So to speak. <laughs> uh, if they were to pull all the starters and win by 14 to 17, would anybody be they, going, they, oh, they, no, this guy's falling? It'd no, just be fine. It'd okay. be fine. They went through and, the motions. They got to win. You know what? Probably because they're so much better, even if they take the starters out, they're going to win by 30 points. Well, now they may not take the starters out quite as early if they take them out at all. Right. And now for the players, Deion Sanders didn't have to do anything except apparently hand out sunglasses today to the players, yeah. which may be a violation of an NCAA rule. It tells you how silly a lot of these NCAA rules are because he's giving them oh my. a gift. Can't like some uh, NIL hey, thing. No. Can Deion's company give the Did I don't you like, this uh, works anymore. Chuck Ninus's line and Mark Kislett uh, today? What NIL stands hmm. for? <laughs> See that? I did not. Mark Kisla I mean, had a really for name, image, and likeness. But he- headline: Sanders could drive CSU football into oblivion, and it's a good column. And I have had uh, a similar conversation uh, over lunch with Chuck Ninas. Uh, Terry Fry and Chuck Ninas are very good friends, and Terry's a, uh, my best friend, and so he invited me along a, a few months back, and. Chuck Nina said many of the same things to us that day uh, that he said to Mark Kisla uh, this week uh, when the two got together. And, uh, you know, it, 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 and this is the former head of the, this is the former head of the conference that they were the, the, the big eight, right? When it was the, the big eight. Was the big eight. Yeah. Uh, for a time. And he's also a major disruptor having been the head of the college football association in the early 1980s, mm-hmm. which was challenging, uh, the NCAA, a years ahead of its time, the, it appears. The NCAA is challenged now, and um, <laughs> NIL is uh, nothing. Is illegal. Uh, taking out the I and the L, or taking out the I, I guess. It's, 
Here's the funny thing, though. That, that's what it. I, I mean, it was you, you always like this. All this does it. is make it more transparent, and I think that's putting things above board. It makes it simple. This is going to be an interesting matchup. We do want to hear more about it. We'll hear more about it from Coach Deion Sanders. Some of the players. We'll do that next on Miley Sports. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. I know I'm going to change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. 3-0 and o is the expectation for the Colorado Buffaloes after the Rocky Mountain Showdown renews itself. 2019 was the last time these teams played. Oddly, the last six times in which one of the teams was ranked. Yeah. The ranked team lost the every time. The ranked team did lose every time, and that is something. And uh, I, of course, blew the line that uh, Chuck Ninas so carefully uh, crafted and was quoted today in Mark Kisler's column, the Denver Post. Uh, NIL stands for now it's legal. Yeah. And, and now and it's should legal. Be. And I, I, I think the transparency I'm, is good for college I'm football. saying, all right. Uh, but Chuck Ninas's point, and I, I guess my point too, would be um, what's going to happen to every other sport that's not football, uh, even assuming that at some point football will break from the NCAA, which I think is inevitable. Yeah, I do too. That, that uh, every school, um, the, the, the major college football programs that are serious about football, will have football. And I, I also agree with Chuck Ninas on this. He said there will be 64 schools that basically make up what is now FBS, which consists of 133 teams. Mm-hmm. And he, he says almost half those schools will remain because Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State will have to have someone around to demolish. And so will Texas and Colorado programs out of uh, – uh, the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, and 90s anyway, that were fairly formidable at times, uh, that they they would drive schools like CSU into football oblivion, but the NCAA would be left there to fund all the other sports, and they can't do that for it's every possible. program in the country. So all those sports become club sports, which would be unfortunate, and I don't know what the Title IX ramifications would be, uh, anything like that, but um, I I think the points he raised in his column are very similar to what he he said to me and and to Terry Fry several months ago, and uh, you know Chuck Ninas has been on all sides of uh, uh, these issues through uh, the years. Uh, he's been an NCAA executive, he's been a conference commissioner, as you mentioned, uh, the head of the CFA, which took on the NCAA in the early 1980s, but. Uh, Basically, he, he's right in the sense that uh, NIL is the wild, wild west. And uh, as Kisla mentions in the column, Shadour Sanders is driving a $200,000 car around campus. And that's chump change. That's chump change. Uh, he's making a lot more Maybe, than that. Now, that's, that's more. That's true. But 
let's not, and you know, you've been around this too. Let's not pretend that for a long time, when Colorado's been good, even when Colorado State found itself in the periphery and ranked within the top 25, that star players didn't have certain things materialize for them. No, but that's relatively what out of the legal. ether. But now, see that, but that's where legal. I guess I look at legal. it and think, okay, but it's it's legality doesn't alter its existence, right? It it alters the manner in which it's going to be utilized. And if people were getting things under the table that they are now getting above the table, the fact is the star athletes are still having things to their advantage end up well, with them. Yeah. And why but, this but, would but all tell of a that sudden, to Ed O'Bannon, who was a great star at UCLA on a national championship mm-hmm. team and got peanuts. They ain't getting peanuts now. And there are no rules that prohibit someone from getting $10 million. And no, Shadir Sanders' uh, only rationale for staying at CU is that he'd make a hell of a lot more money next year staying in college than he would be in the National Football League. He might, a depending on where he'd pick. be picked. He very um, well might. Even if he's the number one overall pick, which he wouldn't be, but let's say he's the number three or number four overall pick, he'd make much more money in Boulder by staying. And, in fact, that was part of your argument, suggesting that he would come back. Well, yeah. I, I for think one more year. There's an argument to be made that you may be able to, to make that argument depending on where you're at. You know, right now as it stands – in the uh, rankings, it's a website called uh, On3. They, they track that as best as they can. Shadur Sanders is now up by their rankings to number two in NIL earnings. When the season started, he was eight. Travis Hunter was 11. Now Shadur Sanders is two, is two and Hunter is six. Bronny James, number one, not a surprise, uh, valued at about $6.1 million being made this year. Yeah. Shadur Sanders at four point yeah. one. Um Gymnast Libby Dunn of LSU at 3.2, Arch Manning at 2.9. Caleb Williams at 2.6, which is in part why Caleb Williams' father said, even if his son's the number one projected pick in the draft, if they don't like the situation, he may come come back. back. And it's very possible that he wouldn't like the situation. I mean, USC is one of the top 10 teams, perhaps one of the top five teams in the country. Why would he leave? Uh, Especially if they don't win the situation might have to be what you like. I'm not sure that's a bad thing, and I don't think it's happening well, to all that, players. That, that it's unregulated is a bad thing, though, and it creates even more of a competitive discrepancy. I don't think that's a great thing. Uh, you know, it, I, I I am not an NCAA basher, but uh, certainly there are things, and the NCAA could have made a deal, and this is part of what Chuck Dinas believes. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, the NCAA could have gotten out ahead of this, and pay the players, but put some rules in place that would have been credible uh, when the NCAAs did have, uh, you know, 15 years ago, probably had a few ounces of credibility. Mm-hmm. And now they have none. And what they did to the kid at North Carolina only adds to that. And good for Mac Brown because some NCAA people came out this week and said they're getting threats. Now, well, that isn't because of anything Mac Brown said. That's because they They're did shedding light on mental health issues that the, and, 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 the NCAA and says it's about, issues, and then they don't do anything about. And the NCAA doesn't care, and it's clear they don't care, and it's clear they're still as clueless. And I understand the NCAA represents the schools, and that 
North Carolina two or three years ago probably did support some restrictions on transfers so everybody wouldn't be a free agent literally every year. Every player in college football, for example, or college basketball, would be a free agent every year. Well, no, we can't have that. But there's something called the spirit of the rule. And the NCAA only understands procedure and the letter of the law. Not the spirit of the law, which this receiver at North Carolina did not violate. Heck, the school he came from was Kent State. Ken State's coach was allowed to leave. I believe he is now the offensive coordinator at the University of Colorado. But this kid, who barely had gotten there, he can't leave. That's a joke. And that's that's always been been a joke forever. That doesn't have anything to do with money. What coaches leave for better deals all the time. Players should be able to do it. Uh, Not willy-nilly, not every year. But there have to be special circumstances that are taken into consideration. And so it, it, Chuck Ninus knows this. The, the NCAA is not worth defending. The NCAA keeps shooting itself in the foot. The, the point is that if there aren't any rules, any restrictions, and you can make any amount of money, it, I, Chuck Ninus said there'll be 64 schools that play. I, I hope he's right because I think it might be half of that. Uh, I hope it's 64. And I hope the idea for Alabama is that, the, you know, you don't have to play a school like Texas every week. You know, what you would in a field of 32, and even in a field of 64, there would be no more uh, Middle Tennessee states for Alabama. Uh, you remember how Nebraska used to scale? Yeah. Uh, there would be more. Uh, there would be no more Nichols states for TCU after they get beaten by Colorado. Well, what you're Colorado really talking about home. is a, for lack of a better term, a little bit of what they tried to do in European soccer before it was made a little more obvious about how much of a cash grab it was. What you're talking about is kind of a super league idea that you have 64 teams that, or so that are the top programs and they're going to be competing for the title and then everybody else is going to be in basically a lower league, a triple A, if you will. Uh, That may be inevitable. I don't think, though, and I do have some, I do have an issue with the idea that somehow it is Sanders that is accelerating that process and bringing it along because there's been this assumption since day one, since his hiring and since the transfer portal whether it's about other coaches or other ADs or other schools or talking heads on the media that, oh, no, this is going to become the new normal. This is what everyone's going to do. It's not going to be what everyone's going to do. No. In fact, no matter where Deion Deion Sanders Sanders. finishes his career, even Deion Sanders isn't going to do this again. Even if he eventually leaves and goes to some other university, it's not going to happen this way again. Because it's not going to come out of the woodwork with no one's ever done it before. People are right. going to see how true. it's done. That's They're going to poach some of his place. This will true. never happen again. That's true. This was a perfect storm, yeah. a it's confluence a, of I, events. I, I more or less that agree make with that. It's non-duplicatable. A it is a one-off. And, Certainly and the, no other coach has his kind of charisma to be able to pull And the ones that do, off. quite frankly, don't have to. Here's the thing. Let's say 
I, I, I've talked to so many Buffs fans where it's like, oh, well, Ohio State or Alabama or somebody's going to somebody's gonna poach him. Nick Saban will retire. They'll go get Deion Sanders. No, no. The, the universities that are regular juggernauts don't have to do what the Buffaloes had to do. Right. The Buffaloes were in a two-decade-long wasteland with only a blip in between. They were absolutely desperate and were willing to basically, remember, uh, it's not a secret. Like you want to talk to Deion Sanders, you don't contact the media department at the no, University of Colorado. Nope. You have to talk to Deion's people. You right. think Alabama mm-hmm. or Notre Dame or Ohio State or Texas is going to play that? No, they won't. Because they've never had to, and they're not going to hand that over. Colorado had to. So the, the the bigger schools that already have this apparatus in place, that they're one of these 64 that you're talking about, don't actually need Deion Sanders to come in and do Deion Sanders things. Moreover, they wouldn't even want it. No, the top teams don't. Now, I mean, nobody ranked in the top 25. Apart from it's Colorado. one of the reasons the that it's one of the reasons that Auburn didn't offer him. Deion Sanders. Well, they didn't want to give him that control. That's Correct. exactly. But the here's the thing: they... you think he's going to get less control after this? All he's going to get is more. No matter how this turns out at Colorado, all he's going to get is more. So, not only is this not duplicatable because there isn't another Deion Sanders, but other universities that are going to be successful and have been successful don't want to turn that entire thing over like that, nor are they willing to put up necessarily with what's going on in Boulder right now where it has become the locus of not just college football, but football itself. It's not going to last forever because I think there's a very good chance that Steve's going to be three and two in a couple of weeks. But in this moment, it is. I wrote about it on My Life Sports Today. Boulder has become Hollywood, yes. and the prime-led buffs are its yeah. biggest stars. That's what it is. Exactly. Look at the look at the the people that are coming up to Boulder. It's going to be a who's who on television right. tomorrow. I of, agree. Of not just football celebrities, I celebrities, agree. celebrities. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And not every university wants that. I don't think, to be totally honest, even CU wanted that. They just knew we have to do something. Because we have gone well, we have gone from being a laughing stock, which means at least people pay attention to you, to being completely and totally I, I, irrelevant. I would change your word from wanted to expected. Uh, I think CU did want that, but even CU didn't expect all of this prior to Colorado State last week when they had two hundred plus kidding? more media credentials than they've ever had, and this is a school that won a national title. Yeah. yeah. Think about campus tomorrow for a oh, game that is going to be at 8 p.m. to kick. Yeah, it'll be wild. So I think that when we're looking at this idea as what Dion's doing is going to change college sports forever and it's all going to be like, it's not going to be like this. No. And no, what was happening already continues unabated. I, I, I think the combination of... Dion and and those doing on a much much lesser scale what he is doing and a lot of that is going on in college football forever. I mean, talk about those NIL with, rankings combined with the no other way to say it ineptitude of the NCAA is is college football's run now by the networks. We can all agree sure. on that. 
course. That's what they're diving left and right to get the it, money. This but, is fine, and this is what Chuck Ninas told me and told Terry Fry a few months ago, told Mark Kisla this week. The decision by USC, which started right. this. And this was over a year ago. Train. Right. Which is now barreling down the tracks. That decision by USC to move away from the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten was orchestrated not by old friend Mike Bone, the AD at USC. It was orchestrated by Mark Silverman, the Fox Sports executive. Of course. Follow the money. Mike Bone had no more to do with it than you and I. Always follow the money. That's what it's about. And keep in mind, too, in the NIL world, there's one other university that has two of the top ten athletes. They're both quarterbacks. They both play for, play for the University of Texas. That money's been there a long, long time. We'll talk about this more next on Mile High Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. I had no idea that Boulder, Colorado could be this electric. I didn't believe But you got to understand, I'm a Florida boy from the South. I don't understand snow and all that stuff. And, and, and when I first got here, I was like, oh, my God, it's cold out here. But now I absolutely love it 100%. This is home. Deion Sanders, of course, talking about the, the changeover. And, of course, uh, his son, Shadur Sanders, and Shiloh Sanders, have repeated that as well, making Boulder home. And, and that appears to be, in many ways, one of the biggest strengths of the pitch and the growth. This is home. For Colorado under Sanders. The idea that Boulder, which in the grand scheme of college football, had been a generation removed from its glory days, and kind of since forgotten. And I don't know that even during the glory days, there was a time during which you could say Boulder and the University of Colorado was the epicenter of college football. No. And even of sports uh, right now, right. apart from the Aaron Rodgers injury, yeah. there's no bigger because, story because there hasn't sports been sports right now. Besides maybe the Dallas' hot start, but that's one game, and it's they're really the NFL, there hasn't been I don't been think much. that's a national no, story. No, I don't either. So, I mean, it really is the Dallas biggest story in sports. Dallas didn't go... Through last well, like year I said, with one win. Follow the money. Where are ESPN and Fox? They're in Boulder. ESPN's been in Boulder all day. Fox will be there tomorrow. 60 minutes that CBS will be there. And, and, I mean, and I it's, understand. It's a little silly. I understand. It, well, what happens if they're 3-2? and two? And it's a legitimate question to ask. Is Colorado a Pac-12 contender? And at this point... Early season, though they are ranked in Associated Press this week, 18th, they are behind because there are eight Pac-12 teams yeah. in the top 25. It's easy to forget how good the top 24 is. actually. Right. Out of those eight teams, Colorado's number six. They're ahead of Washington State at 23 and UCLA at 24. They are behind Oregon State at 16, Oregon at 13. Utah at 12, Washington at 8, USC at 5. And so right now, based on those rankings, 
which of course have nothing to do with all the attention CU is generating. Colorado, competitively speaking, is thought to be a mid-level Pac-12 team. Not a contender. Correct. For first place. Not a contender for the college football playoff. And in order to become one, they'll have to beat Oregon and or USC. As it stands right now in Vegas, or at least, you know, as a sort of a, a grouping of all the books that you can make these wagers on, the odds on winning the Pac-12, here's basically the average odds as it stands right now. USC is the favorite at plus 190, Oregon at plus 330, Washington at plus 340, Utah at plus 650, Oregon State at plus 1200, and tied for fifth, pardon me, tied for sixth, UCLA and Colorado at plus 1800. Plus 1800. Now, that's a lot better as to where they were at the beginning of the year, but it shows you how good. Remember, Washington State right now is a plus 4,000. They're ranked in the top 25. They're also the team that thumped Colorado State. Washington State, yes. So 50 to 24. To 24. In a game not as close as that score. Where, again, I suppose if you're Colorado State and you're Jay Norvell, you're thinking, hey, yeah, it looked really bad, but we lost to a ranked team. And we're a rebuilding team, and maybe you're shortchanging us a little bit. Interesting wow. to, to look at. They're playing a higher-ranked team. <laughs> yeah, playing a higher-ranked team now. And a team that's far more explosive, yes, as it turns that, out. That, but the, so. the conversation by Norville was interesting. And, and earlier today on the Pat McAfee Show, which was in Boulder, uh, Deion Sanders had an opportunity to discuss that comment by Norvell. How much do you use that as motivation? Oh my God! And how much do you love? How much do you love it, that that happened? One hundred percent. I don't. I didn't. I don't like that it happened because this is another brother. You know. You know. We started out right. He was complimenting me. I was complimenting him. He was doing his thing. But it just. It just took a quick left. <laughs> what happened? Who got to him? Like what? What happened? And this to take a left after what he said previously, it threw me off. And I started. I really started to contemplate. What happened? Why would you go to that direction? You know me. Like, you know how I get down. You know, if we really want to talk, I can do this pretty darn good. I'm pretty good at this, AJ. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but I don't need to because the kids, uh, they're ready, man. Like, that that just, if it was a trap game, and I don't believe in trap games, my kids now are on a tent. They are ready to play this game, and they can't wait to play this game. We can't wait to get it on. We really can't. And I guess if you were going to go with some sort of nitpick, Sanders talked about it. We played it yesterday. The idea that he wears a, a hat and sunglasses to interviews. Dion has been hat, sunglass, baseball cap, sunglasses, and chains since he was a player at Florida State. None of this is new. And he was 100% right when he said, I've stayed consistent to myself. He has. Yes. Yes. And he and, was and also. On like, and it's on top of that, right, it's 2023, and you're picking on the way somebody dresses. Well, that's, yeah, that's really. And it's a black coach that's a big well that that bothered Dion. it's a black coach it's not matt rule uh it's not any of the other coaches who have very publicly whether they be at oregon Pitt, wherever who have taken shots at Dion. they're old curmudgeonly white guys uh who haven't been particularly successful at least not in a national championship contending sense. And I'm not saying that CU is a national title contender. Not yet. But they're the story. 
uh, three weeks into the college football season. And it's a story that's trumping virtually anything that's going on in the National Football League right now. The Aaron Rodgers story mm-hmm. had the news cycle. But I mean, Monday it, but and it was Tuesday, very he's when, out, he's out for the year. When Jay Norvell was saying nice things mm-hmm. about Deion Sanders. By Wednesday, you knew Rodgers was out for the year. And, of course, Rodgers can't resist going on Pat McAfee and boasting that he might be back for the playoffs this year. Uh-huh. Who knows? Anything's possible. He's 39 years old. He's not coming back this year. He didn't even go as far as to guarantee he'd play football next year either. So he was clever about that. He did say he would rise but, again. Uh, yeah. Whatever that means. Like uh, Godzilla or something. Uh, I don't know. But on Wednesday, this game got some attention because when have you ever heard a black coach attack another black I'll be honest. On any level. I don't really pay a lot of attention to the ethnicity of the coaches, to be totally honest. I don't don't really pay. I I wouldn't. It doesn't stand out. Deion Sanders does. But Deion Sanders does. And a lot of people do. Sure. And this is a rare national spotlight for two black head coaches. Oh, and by the way. One would attack the other is puzzling, I think, to all of us. And. If what Matt Rule said was deemed personal, this actually is personal because he's attacking the way he dresses. Yeah. Doesn't and, even have and, anything and to do way, with football. That's something that, that a white coach might say, but another black coach? I, and, and to say, I was raised better by my mother. That was the one. That's that really off. personal. That's what ticked off the kids. And before before we go break for a minute i want to be able to let you hear this this is from the huddle of deon Deion sanders is talking to his assembled players you will you will hear a couple moments where it goes silent because it's edited there's some profanity in there that we uh you know follow the rules here the ones let us at least stay on the air with the fcc but this is coming from within the huddle recorded from sanders own group of of freelancers at youtube beautiful day ain't it yes sir i'm out of my own business watching some film trying to get ready Trying to get out here and be the best coach I could be. And I look up and I read some bull junk that Dan said about us. Talk to us. Once again. Uh, talk to us. Why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts off, and do our job on Saturday. Yes, but when they give us ammunition, they unmatched around and made it what? It was just going to be a good game. They messed around and made it personal. It was going to be a great test, a battle of Colorado, but they messed around and made it personal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's not good. Uh, That's not good news for a Rams team that athletically is simply overmatched. Uh, We can continue to break down the matchup in particular, but want to get an idea of uh, the input on this from Uh, A man who's played in these Rocky Mountain Showdown games, so we'll be joined by CBS News' Justin Adams in just a little bit. I imagine he's just a little bit fired up, but uh, has a a way to look at this in a time when, yeah, this was a game on this level that national broadcasts wanted to get the Rocky Mountain Showdown, but they wanted it because these two teams are evenly matched and they were it was a good back and forth. Not so much anymore. What does it mean? We'll talk to Justin next on Miley Sports.